0: Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with eyes, the insightful, the irrepressible, and the interesting in the extreme, Mary Abagay. <laughs> well,
1: hello, everybody. Uh, I am Mary Abagay, and I am going to introduce to you my co-host, who I originally said the inviting, the intriguing, and the reverent. But since we used eyes last week, I'm going to say also the <laughs> idiot, Chris DeSantis. <laughs> hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing okay. I am really glad to see you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is my fault because we're supposed to go down the alphabet, and I had forgotten I did that. And now I went, okay, well. Well,
1: you know, most of that. us learned our alphabet in like the third grade, and I don't think it's really changed much since then, but <laughs> I don't know.
0: I found some good eyes, so I figured, okay, well, let's just expand on it.
1: Well, the good thing about <laughs> eyes is there's a ton of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when we get down to the end, those X, Ys, and Zs, <sighs> forget about it.
1: Forget about it. <laughs>
0: So this is a good week, uh, by the way. By, by the way, how are you? Everything else I'm, all right? I'm doing
1: okay, man. I'm doing it. I'm hanging in there. I'm doing what I'm doing. Just keep doing hey, it. Hey, any
0: uh, gigs coming up for you that are of note that you could uh, did or going to do? Well,
1: I've done some really fun gigs the last couple of weeks. I did a gig really recently in, in St. Louis for this really cool water company, uh, and they wanted to do They love our podcast. They're big fans. Oh. So I did my presentation, and then they said, what if, what if the president of our company says?" on a panel with you you guys answer questions (laughs) I was like we could do that and it was really super fun and we didn't actually answer questions we gave the teams the group scenarios to work on like difficult situations in the workplace and then Josiah the president and I uh, weighed in on them so it was really fun it was funny and he was great and he was he and I were like F-bomb 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 so it was pretty awesome oh really yeah it was really fun and funny Uh, but but I do have a cool gig coming up and I think I'm gonna see you there it's the yeah. NALP gig in Vancouver, people, in April. Chris and I are not going to be sharing a stage, but we're both going to be speaking at this conference.
0: Yes, this is great. The National Association of Legal Professionals, uh, and they do a wonderful conference every year somewhere in the world, and this year it's going to be in Vancouver, where I've never been, so this will be fun.
1: I can't wait. I haven't been to Vancouver, and i got to say like 30 years, and so I'm very excited. Wow. So we have to talk about where we're each staying, so we can make sure we have a uh, Cuba confidential dinner
0: most certainly, most certainly, so anyway, oh by the way speaking of uh, of of Cuba confidential this week's a very interesting one uh this is about putting your foot in one 's mouth Ooh. so now which is about faux pas really, and mary have you ever had a have you ever uh had a faux pas that you said something and you wish you could retract the moment it came out of your mouth? Does that ever happen?
1: Uh, Yeah. How about every day? (laughs) (laughs) What time is it? How many have I done today? Yeah, I do. I I make faux pas all the time. And I think for me, the challenge is is that I talk too fast, right? So sometimes Mm. my mouth gets in the way of my brain. And the other thing that causes me to make faux pas is I get very caught up. Like I get so energized and I get very juiced up when I'm presenting to crowds or talking to people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that energy of the crowd and my own energy just makes my brain shut down and I say something stupid. How about you?
0: I've never heard you say something stupid. Dude, it happens all the time.
1: All the time, yeah.
0: Oh, Oh. Because you have good energy. You should see her speak. She's got great energy in front of a crowd, but I'm not. I've heard you say some uh, salty language. Some salty from time language. To
1: time. Yeah. I, yeah. I have made some <laughs> jokes that I thought were really funny in the moment, like, and they were not.
0: <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> How about you? You know, I, I was trying to come up with faux pas. I, I'm sure I have done that with people because some people just don't care for me, and I don't know why, so I must have said something. <laughs> I can't
1: imagine I, someone not loving them, some Christmas Well, no, actors. I,
0: I, it's, it's not hard to imagine. But I, I, you know what I was thinking about just recently is where I, I, I had the most faux pas is when I lived in Europe. I lived in Spain for a year. And so I was the American in Spain, and I didn't realize I was such an American because I was always asking people, so what do you do for a living? And I came to realize that they don't like that question. Yeah. Because we Americans define who we are by what we do. They, that is just happens to be what they happen to be doing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The defini- so they found that very intrusive. And I never got the vibe until somebody said, quit asking that just quit it. I said, why? That's (laughs) so funny.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. That's a cultural verbal faux pas.
0: Yes. It was a cultural faux pas. Yeah. The other one was, you know, how you speak louder when you don't know the language, you just repeat it.
1: (laughs) What do you do for a living? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what I don't do. I don't, now I wear hearing aids. Thank you very much for blowing my ears out.
0: That's interesting. So anyway, those are, we're going to have a few of these, by the way, we're going to have a few of the ones, uh, you know, some of our listeners might want to take some of these things back that were said. Some are you ready for pause. this, by the way?
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear what these are.
2: Dear Chris and Mary, I recently listened to your Rumble episode, and since you two are okay with swearing, I thought I'd ask this. I sometimes let slip an F-bomb. I don't mean to, but when it happens, I will often react in the moment. I noticed that people in my office fall into three camps: the "I don't cares," the "I do twos, and the "How rude's." I don't want to offend anyone, but I also want to stay true to who I am. Any advice as to what I can do? WTF? M I S O O L?
1: (laughs) And by S S wait S O O L, which I believe means O O L out of luck. Yes, and people, does. we all know that WTF means what the refrigerator, <laughs> what the fudgesickle, what, the, what the front door. Um, yeah, so you know, I actually find this really easy. This question. So oh, here's yeah. what I say know your audience. Uh, when yeah, you are with those who don't care, let it fly, but let it fly at a minimum level. Like you're still in mm. the workplace. So use your F-bomb selectively, um, depending on like how many people are there and the subject. You don't want to sound like a truck driver who wants to be a sailor, you know? So right. I mean, let, go ahead and let <laughs> them fly, but be kind of choiceful and artful about them. Mm -hmm. When you are with those who think it's rude, then don't do it. This is when you get to figure out all those fun and corny like synonyms, like what the fudge, shut the front door, or just saying (laughs) WTF are some of my favorites. So, you know, be on the lookout for some of these fun replacements and just practice moving those into uh, your vocabulary. And actually, when you get some of these fun, corny replacements, they can actually be almost a little bit more effective and have more Mm -hmm. impact than the actual word because people are like that's funny so you get a funny point and you get a uh, you get a polite point uh and of course for those who are sailors just let them fly so you know uh, for those who love it as well just you know t- follow their lead so my basic advice is know your audience and be adaptable what say you? Yeah.
0: I, I like your advice. I think that's great. And I, I, I do like the notion of having another word like, you know, frickin' or whatever the yeah. words are that, that are in lieu of that. Uh, because, but I generally don't mind swearing. Uh, you know, if it fits the moment and the circumstances, that's great because it's sort of like a punctuation. I think when it's overused or when it's, uh, inappropriate in terms of your point about audiences, I'm not a fan of, of doing it in front of, uh, uh, children or, you know, Seniors, anybody who feels that there might be a sensitivity here that I might not recognize. Now, here's what's tough about what you're having—that's happening to you. This is your habit, and so you—you you probably don't even realize you're doing it most of the time. And since there's a lot, two thirds of your offices, I don't cares and I do it too. Uh, they won't say anything to you. So they don't point it out. It's only the how rude's that notice it. So I, my advice here is do something fun with it is I would do the old swear jar. Oh,
1: I was hoping you weren't going to say the swear jar, but okay, keep going. I like
0: this. Well, here's what I would do with it. I pick a charity. I pick a charity and I designate and I'd say, okay, this is the swear jar charity for this. Anybody, anybody in the office who uses any foul language has to put something in this. Now, my point is that um, if you don't have the money, then you just put an IOU and you write it and you put it in the jar. And, and make it something easy, accessible, you know, 50 cents a dollar. I don't care what it is. Uh, but what the point is it, you're allowed to then use it as punctuation because you're trying to really make a point. And then you just open your wallet in advance, say, look. You know what I think of this idea? Then you pull out a few bucks. <laughs> and you say, "This is a freaking..." Frick- <laughs> you go, off. <laughs> "Wait, I got another three bucks coming." Because I want to say a few more things here. And my point is, you can use your salty language again as as punctuation, and it becomes part of the joke of this.
1: Okay, so and I, I think- hated your idea up until that last part, like because then yeah. you get a double, like it's a double emphasis. <laughs> Not <laughs> only do I feel strongly about this, I feel strongly about this enough to actually pay money for the for it the sucks. privilege of swearing at you. I love it. Exactly. Going, <laughs> See, I think it's
0: I think if everyone gets uh sort of caught up in the humor of this thing, then I even think the rude crowd might get into the spiritist because they want to put money in the jar to the charity.
1: Ah.
0: Anyway, that's what I do. You know, I like it.
1: I'm not a big fan of like, you know, of the swear jar in general, unless everybody agrees with it. So, I mean, you you might have like, like if you're not the boss, it's going to be hard for you to say like, we're going to have a swear jar, but you could do it for yourself and see who who you can recruit. You could be like, guys, I'm trying to change my vocabulary. So I'm going to give a dollar or $10 or $5. And then you, anyone want to join me in this effort? So I think you could do it that way. But I think it would be hard unless you're the boss to institute a swear jar without some cooperation
0: well i'll, I'll tell you what uh, we could do is just as a thought everyone has an annoying habit Ooh. so why don't we just create the annoying habit jar <laughs> <laughs> and say, what is the one annoying? My annoying habit is I swear too much. Your annoying habit is you answer questions that go on and on, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Whatever the thing is, you're pick a bloviator. The <laughs> habit. Yeah, I'm a bloviator. <laughs> that was from a previous episode. But but the idea there is pick pick pick. Everyone picks something that they want to correct about themselves, and then every time they engage them, they call them on. They got to put money in the jar. Now, I love that's it. fun.
1: I love it. That's that sounds fun. great. I love. It. Okay, yeah. so we gave we gave uh, WTF a couple of ideas here.
0: Yeah, I mean, what the, you know. What
1: that? the sickle. What
0: the sickle. If you
1: have a workplace question, hey, people, we're here to help. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Are you ready for the uh, moniker of the episode? I am.
2: Dear Cubicle Confidential, I am really embarrassed and worried. I landed a new job, and I was scheduled to meet my new boss who was out on maternity leave. I thought it was going to be a Zoom call, but she shows up in my office. I thanked her for going to the trouble of coming in when I knew she was having a baby. I then asked her when she was due. She told me she had the baby two months ago. There was an awkward silence and I mumbled something about congrats and she walked out clearly unhappy. Should I try to fix this or should I just pretend it never happened? Signed, foot in mouth in Missouri.
0: Oh, That's funny. Okay, Mary, what do you think of that?
1: Oh, God, this one gave oh. me like, I could just feel, I could just <laughs> feel foot in mouth pain. Um, uh, oh. Here's my vote because again, people, I'm a passive-aggressive coward uh, who doesn't like conflict. Uh, I am going to... I'm voting for uh, pretend it never happened. So... The- <laughs> I mean, this is not good. Yeah. Your boss, your boss is not happy with you. You're, you have just made your boss feel ugly. You made her feel fat. You made her feel unattractive. You made her feel unseen. Uh, so I really do vote for, uh, (laughs) pretending it never happened. Don't draw any more attention to your faux pas. I would, however, send her a really nice note or email about how great it was to meet her and how excited you are for her to come back to the office so you can really work together or partner or whatever, blah, 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 uh, and then leave it alone. I will also say to you, let this be a lesson to you about making comments like, when is the baby due or when are you due? <laughs> unless, seriously, Chris DeSantis, unless you are witnessing the water breaking... <laughs> You should never <laughs> assume someone is pregnant. You should just, it's just, I mean, unless you see the little vase coming out, like you just don't assume <laughs> someone is pregnant. I learned this at a very, very young age. When I was like six years old, my mother and I uh, went over to a neighbor's house because back then mm-hmm. you used to walk to your neighbor's houses and visit and just say hi or something. And I remember it was Cindy Kaiser's mother. And I remember Cindy Kaiser's mother, who was my mother's age, came to the door and I can't remember why we were there. And my mother, who was a gracious, lovely diplomatic woman, said to her, oh, Mrs. Kaiser, I didn't know you were pregnant. When are you due? And Mrs. Kaiser was not pregnant. She was just <laughs> fat. <laughs> <laughs> which she let my mother know right there. I've never seen my mother so horrified. And as a child, I was already shy. I was so horrified for her and for myself that to this day, I will not ask that when they're pregnant unless I literally see the water breaking.
0: Well, th- what did your mother say in that moment?
1: She said, Oh, she was so, she said, Oh my goodness. I am so sorry. I'm so horrified. Please forgive me. She just immediately like apologize, apologize, apologize.
0: Wow! Well, and my
1: mother, by the way, was a nurse, so it's not like <laughs> she, <laughs> she knows. But anyway, so anyway, that's that's why we say to foot in the mouth. What? How about you? What would you but, say?
0: No, I think you, I think you nailed it here. I I, I, I thought your your point is right. Don't make excuses. What you said was said. It's not your bad vision. You're not loopy on medication. <laughs> I think you'd have to do a really quick apology. I am so sorry for made that error. I hope you forgive me. Yeah, and never say it again. Ever, <laughs> never. Now, I think that you could. Close with some humor, though, uh, and it should be about you. I think if if you could be self deprecating in some way about yourself, that might ease. For instance, this case, since look, um, I I I I I'm, I might say something like, look, I, I'm a little of, um, I'm, since I'm follicly challenged. I might say, I'm sorry, I'm a bit upset. I've noticed my hair started to recede. Now, in that sense, <laughs> can you tell? Can you tell? <laughs> so, if you're making fun of the obvious about yourself. Then, I think uh, if the person has any sense of humor all or at least for the good graces of moving past this, they might laugh and let it go. Do You see what I'm saying? so you're
1: saying so- deflect your deflect your faux pas with some self deprecation
0: yes, yes, That's and allow
1: her to pile on. That's a exactly. complex, that's a complex strategy. I, I, I'm not going to weigh on it, good or bad, but I think right. it's definitely an option, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought it's something, because if I could change the whole tone of the, the moment rather rapidly uh, to where I become the, the, the brunt, then maybe I can walk out of this with some level of dignity.
1: Yeah, and you know I think it's also I think this is a good learning lesson for people who aren't familiar with uh, pregnancy and having children in the aftermath on one's mm. body is that many women or most women, I mean, will still look pregnant for several weeks afterwards. You know, because you, right. you're still carrying around uh, that. Uh, depending, you know, you're still carrying around the the remains, if you will, of the baby weight or or right. even the shape. Of of that. So I think it's very important for, especially for men to understand that women may not look suddenly, you know, unpregnant after they have a baby.
0: Right, I just
1: But also just- like, dude, how do you not know? Like when you took this job, she's out on maternity leave. Like, how do you not like n- ask about the baby before? Like, do you just like, I don't know. I think some people don't do enough of their homework before they go into uh, situations like this, organizations.
0: Well, I think he was, according to this question here, something, it was supposed to be a Zoom call, but she shows up. And I think he's thinking that she wasn't on baby leave yet, but rather that she she went to the trouble of coming in to meet him before she has the baby. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I he see. worked off an assumption that was way, way, way wrong. wrong.
1: Way wrong. So, like, and by ouch. the way, you also, I'm going to give one more piece of advice to foot and mouth, learn the baby's name and remember <laughs> it. You know, yeah. and like, so you can show like, you know, every couple months, hey, how's little Krista Santos doing, you know? Uh, so show that you actually have an interest in the baby.
0: And never give her any candy or food gifts. <laughs> <For her. laughs> She'll All remember. Right. Foot in All mouth. Right. Keep it moving, in foot, mouth, foot in mouth. The... Keep it moving. Just don't yeah. dwell. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into Cubicle Confidential. Okay, you're ready for our last one? I am.
2: Chris, I've been listening to your show, and I know you're a boomer, so you might appreciate this problem. I was asked to be on the board of a nonprofit promoting greater diversity and inclusion in manufacturing environments. They set up an interview and I showed up early. I was ushered into a conference room where a young African American woman was wiping down a whiteboard. Before she had a chance to say anything, I asked her if she wouldn't mind getting me a cup of coffee. Ten minutes later, she returns to the room with the coffee and five other people. She then introduces the board members and herself. She's the executive director. Here I am. I'm supposed to be sensitive to these issues. And what do I do? I assume she couldn't possibly be in charge. In my defense, she was wiping down the whiteboard. Is there a way I can overcome this first impression? I'm going to read this one over.
1: Talk about flummox. I say O-M-F-G, which we all know stands for, oh, my flaming God. (laughs) I, 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 I am almost speechless with this one. I, so, okay, Boomer, I'm just going to like let you have it because I am just, ugh. my first thing is to, dude, how lazy are you? I mean, really, <laughs> did you not do any due diligence on the staff no, before you said yes point. to joining this board? I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's this new invention out there called the World Wide Webs, or you might <laughs> know it as the internets. Like, do you not know how this works? You could he's a have, boomer. He's, a boomer. he's a boomer, you could have and should have done a Google search on the organization. And then when you get to the page of the organization, you simply go to the about us tab and you know, what you'll find there, you will find a list of the staff and including the executive directors, probably with a picture. Um, you are such adult that I'm not even sure I want to give you advice on how to get past this.
0: I think it would be nice if we did a little more than just harangue (laughs) (laughs)
1: him. But uh, you're right. Since it's the point of the whole show, I will give you begrudgingly (laughs) flummoxed some advice. First of all, you need to apologize to her as soon as possible, privately and sincerely and completely. Own Mm. up to being the oaf that you are. Own it, right? Then I think you really do need to use this as a teaching moment, both internally mm. and perhaps even externally with the rest of the board or with her as a moment that shows how powerful our unconscious our, imp- our unconscious or our implicit biases can be uh, mm. because you came in, you saw a young woman doing work that, in your mind, is done by you know assistants or junior staff, and you matchly made that assumption. That was your unconscious, your unconscious implicit bias at work. So you could use this as a teaching moment uh, about how important it is that old idiot white men like you. <laughs> can still learn, and how pervasive reflexive thinking is. So I would like apologize quickly, sincerely, completely, and then use this as a teaching moment uh, in order to uh, really start to uncover unconscious bias.
0: Wow. Well, I think you've let this person have it uh, quite a bit. I did. I think you're I think the uh, the uh, the upfront part of this is absolutely correct. You have to use the resources available to you, as you said, to find out who you're going to be talking to if this is something you want to be a part of. So you should know that in advance of your arrival. Now, in this case, you did not, and as Mary already said, uh, you 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 worked off of a lot of implicit uh, assumptions or implicit bias assumptions. Um, you made a mistake. The first thing you do, as Mary said again, you apologize. You say, "I made you know, I look. I, you said something. In fact, Basically, I, I had something I, I thought about here. Is you know, I would own this and say something effect that you don't want to be on the board because you simply have the wisdom or knowledge to share. Uh, just as important, you want to be on this board because you have something to learn. Nice. So you should, you should, you should be there saying, "Look, I'm here to learn, and and I, clearly, I have a lot to learn." And I think that's falling on your sword, as it were, because of those. Uh, you'd be a good con- candidate because rather than figure, basically, because you figured out everything. Wait. You'd be a good candidate, not because you figured everything out, but because you are imperfect. You see, we are all imperfect and you have to elevate your imperfection in this. And what we have to do as is part of the mission of this organization is to give each other the benefit of the doubt, which is I did not do in this instance. And I greatly apologize for that. So in that sense, I think falling on your sword this way, explaining why you can still be of help in this and you have so much to learn, I think that will get you past that uh, this this really bad first impression so yeah that, that's
1: how yeah i like i mean i think our our advices are really very much in alignment uh you were nicer to to uh flummox than <laughs> well, i was but, well, you know i think what bothers- i'm a boomer you're a boomer, a boomer. but boomer. what bothers me about this is is also i don't want to use the word arrogance but why would i would never this might be a gender thing or it could be a, a generational thing, it would never occur to me to walk into a room where there's a meeting and just ask someone to get me a cup of coffee. I would always wait for someone to greet me and ask me if I want anything. So part of this to me is, I don't know if it's because you're a, an executive or you just expect people to wait on you. So I also found that kind of triggered me a little bit in this, cause I would never do that, you know? And usually when people say, would you like a cup of coffee? I'd probably be like, Oh, well if it's not too much trouble, I'd love one. But right. I also, I just, I, I don't understand the sort of, uh, entitlement that thinks that you walk into a, a place. Arrogance. Some, yeah. Yeah. That someone's going to go get you something.
0: Well, again, we're not, no, we're not knowing where he's coming from. If he was the that's CEO, I mean. yeah. like, but that's why it triggered yes. me. Yeah power power has this sort of uh, requirement that people should do your bidding and again when this is one of the problems when you are a, a, a ceo or a suite executive who retires one of the worst things that happens to you is the dissipation of all that power that yeah. you had you see you were somebody and now you're just a citizen and so all of those things that are no longer part and parcel to how you operate i think what ha- what happens is i don't think you lose that the day you leave I think that sort of dissipates over time, over the you know the, the repeated disappointments yeah. of having to do things yourself and not getting this kind of you were the center of attention. All of a sudden, you're not nearly as interesting as you once were. Nobody laughs as loud as they once did. All of those things. Oh, what's going on here? Maybe. So,
1: you're just a nobody at that point. I think it must be really hard. In fact, I had a friend who was the executive of a pretty powerful organization. And he definitely had some like adjustment period when he left oh. that organization it was really, really hard. And he's doing great now, but he but he was really honest about it. He's like, it's been kind of weird. Just you know, one day everyone's kowtowing to me and garnering for my attention. The next day he's like, I'm like you, Mary. Nobody cares
0: about me. Right.
1: <laughs> right. But back to Flammics for a minute because I just have to like think about about, like, what's that moment when Flummox realized the error that he made? Like, how awful is that in that moment?
0: I bet it was after the fifth person was introduced and then the executive director introduced herself.
1: Yeah. I mean, just like, oh, that had to be <laughs> oh, yeah. just a, just a, like, oh my God, sort of well, thing.
0: Well, it, it, uh, uh, the good news is they wrote to us. Yeah. So they felt remorse yeah. relative to this. So that's who this person is. They are not intentional in this sort of uh, Yeah.
1: No, I totally get flummoxed is trying to do the right thing. But and and my point in the very beginning was oh, yeah, yeah. it's a little late like but but this was a whole I mean if he had walked in and it was a, a young man cleaning the whiteboard would he mm. have immediately asked that young man to get him a cup of coffee like i think I, that
0: i suspect he would have
1: I, I suspect, suspect. that Flemmix has a lot of reflecting still to do and i love that he wrote to us and i i feel very positive and hopeful that he will change his biased evil ways but yeah. <laughs> i just don't like I, in the in, in the year 2023 i think it is almost not unforgivable, but it's it just, it's so curious to me that he, that people can still make that kind of an error.
0: Well, my advice to him would be to send a case of very good, uh, you know, coffee, a case that uh, they would say, they will never have to be making coffee again.
1: Oh, that's actually a really clever idea. Uh, and by
0: the way, bring a coffee maker as well. You know, one of those really nice ones. Yeah, like you know? a
1: little espresso machine with like- uh, uh, we doing
0: this for everybody. so Nobody's asked to make anybody coffee again. You
1: know what, Chris? We're going to end it there because that was a very classy suggestion. That was the best suggestion you've had all day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was that a faux pas?
0: (laughs) Finally, he made a good suggestion.
1: Finally, mark your calendars. Chris DeSantis had a great idea. And mark this, it's time for us to say goodbye. So thank you all for joining us today. A big thanks to our amazing, overworked, underpaid producer, Mr. Jack Eninger, who never faux pas, does he, Chris? No, no, he's elegant. He's elegant and perfect. If you have a workplace question or a cubicle dilemma, give us a shout. No question is too large, no question is too small, and Clearly, no question is too salty. And there are lots of ways you can reach us. You could email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. You could tweet us at cubicleconfide1 or find us on LinkedIn, Chris DeSantis and Mary Abijay. We are everywhere, people. And as you go on your work week this week, be kind, work hard, keep your foot out of your mouth. And if you can't, call us. All right. See you next week.